Hello, Open Bible Baptist Church family. So blessed to be able to be with you all uh, by way of technology uh, during this uncertain time. I'm so thankful that we have uh, our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just wanted to share a dev quick devotion message with you for about the next 10 to 15 minutes. Hope it'll be a blessing and encouragement uh, to you all. Thank you so much. We want to say from our hearts for your faithful prayers support and care for our family over the past few years and we're just amazed at all God is doing in Ethiopia and we're just praising him for that but if you have a Bible there or some way to look at a Bible if you would take the Bible to Colossians chapter 1 and we're going to look at verses 24 uh, down through verse 29 I wanted to simply share a message with you I simply entitled we preach Christ we preach Christ and the truth is for all of us no matter if God's called us to minister in Africa or here in America our message is one and the same. There's only one rock, there's only one foundation, there's only one way of eternal life and abundant life, and that is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we preach Christ, and that was the message, of course, that the Apostle Paul was preaching. As we get to Colossians chapter one, the Apostle Paul is, uh, we could say, quarantined or isolated because he's in prison, not just for 14 days, but for many months and he's spending much of his life, the end of his life there, in prison for preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet God used him so greatly during those final years where he wrote almost half of the New Testament books through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. As he's sitting there in prison, God is still working and God is still using him. And I hope even maybe that thought will challenge and encourage you right now uh, as we are going through something that's not normal in our life. This was not normal for the Apostle Paul, but he had learned that his foundation, his trust, was in Jesus Christ. And that's uh, my prayer as I share this devotion, that we would understand that we have Jesus Christ, and even during this time that's unusual to us, that's different to us, that's outside our normal circumstances, God can use it for his glory, and quite possibly even in a greater way. As we get to Colossians chapter one, we see here as Paul opens this book to this church in Colossae along a trade route and Paul is uh, basically writing this book to tell them who Jesus is and now because of who Jesus is how we should live and Colossians is sometimes called the most Christ-centered book in all of the Word of God Colossians chapter 1 is full of uh, the doctrine of Christ and the deity of Christ who Jesus is that Jesus is God and we see the image of the invisible God in verse 15 go down to verse 16 we see that Jesus is the creator of all things verse 17 Jesus is the sustainer of all things verse 18 Jesus is the head of the church and then before those verses and right after those verses we see that Jesus is who we find our salvation in. he's the one who redeemed us he's our redemption he's our Redeemer he's our Savior and so we see all these wonderful truths about who Jesus is Maybe the most concise passage in all of the Word of God and who our Savior Jesus Christ is. And such a wonderful, encouraging passage uh, to look at at any time in our lives, but even right now especially. And then as we get down to the end here, Colossians 1, that we're going to look at, Paul, if you would, goes into a little bit of personal testimony. And he says, we preach Christ. And he shows us four ways in this passage that we preach Christ. First of all, he tells us, we preach Christ through our sufferings. We preach Christ through our sufferings. You know, right about the time the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Colossians, he also wrote the epistle of Philippians. And we know what Philippians is all about. It's all about joy. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
But in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, the Apostle Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The Apostle Paul said, no matter what suffering I go through, no matter what trials, no matter what unforeseen circumstances I go, th go through, my joy is not found in my circumstances, my joy is found in Jesus Christ. And he's the rock that my life is based upon, and he's what my whole life is about. And if you were to ask the Apostle Paul, uh, if he was here with us today, Paul, what do you live for? I believe he would say one word, Christ. Paul, what is your future hope? What are you looking forward to? He would say Christ. Paul, what is your message as you go to strange cultures and lands and different languages, uh, spreading the gospel, what is your message? He would say Christ. And the question for us is, can we say the same thing? As we are having all of these things in our life stripped away right now through this pandemic, things that maybe we put a little too much trust in, can we say, like the Apostle Paul, that our lives are centered around Jesus Christ? And as Paul goes through this passage, he says, here's four ways you can preach Christ. We preach Christ, first of all, notice with me, through our sufferings. Through our sufferings, we preach Christ through our sufferings. Notice what the Apostle Paul says here, verse 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fulfill and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. And we often will quote this verse, that I may know him. I want to know Jesus Christ. Uh, but we don't really necessarily like to go down to the part of that verse that says, in the fellowship of his sufferings. You see, there are some ways that we can only go through and grow to be what God wants us to be through suffering, through trials. And the, I believe the Lord is putting us right now, even through this thing, to teach us to trust him more, to depend on him more, to find out what our God really was. Were we really trusting in the true God or were we trusting in, in the stability of our daily lives, going about our daily lives? We preach Christ through our sufferings. What's your response right now to suffering? No doubt we've all dealt with some fear, some worry, maybe a little anxiety, but we're reminded by the Apostle Paul that we can rejoice in suffering because our God does not change. Our God has a purpose and a plan through it all. And I can remember one man who is in our church, he's a former Muslim, and his name is Cutter, and he was coming one Thursday night to our new Bible Institute there in Ethiopia. And he came with his hat on and a big hood up, and his face looked a little bit swollen. And we said, uh, Cutter, what's, uh, what's going on? Our translator, Danny, asked him. He said, oh, well, I went to work Sunday night after church, and uh, about 50 thieves came into his workplace, his new construction site where he worked as a guard, and came in and overtook them and stole a bunch of stuff. Well, one of those guys had a machete and had cut Cutter's head open from front to back. And Cutter had ended up in the hospital from Sunday until Tuesday. His wife had a child on Wednesday, their very first child. And on Thursday, Cutter showed up to Bible Institute because he didn't want to miss the opportunity to learn God's word. He didn't come in complaining. He didn't come in discouraged. He still came in really just rejoicing that he had the ability to learn God's word. Is that how you and I would respond in that situation? You know, compared to what he's faced and many in the world have faced, we're really facing very little. But we're finding out again that we can rejoice in suffering. We can preach Christ through our suffering. In the past few days, I found people are more open to the gospel than maybe I've ever seen in my life. And we have an opportunity, whether we're going just to get gas or running through the drive-through or just seeing our neighbors out and about, to be able to, maybe even by social media, to use whatever opportunities God gives us to be able to get Christ out. As people maybe 
who were hardened to the gospel before and just trusting in their money and their jobs and their finances and their pleasure are maybe starting to wonder if that's really what it's about. And we may be on the brink of, who knows, the greatest revival in world history. Let's take advantage of this opportunity. Preach Christ through our suffering. And secondly, we preach Christ through our service. Notice what the Apostle Paul says here, verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The Apostle Paul said, you know what? I'm a minister. And you know, we're often called ministers as missionaries or pastors or people in full time. We say ministry. You know what the word minister is? It's a fancy word for servant. You know, that's what all of us are. If we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, we're his children, but now we're called to serve him. Out of our love for him, we serve him. We show and we share the love of Jesus Christ. I think about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 13. He's getting ready shortly to go to the cross. And he's going to die for our sins, for your sin, for my sin on the cross. And what is he doing? He's taking the lowest servant's job in the house, girding himself, and going around and washing all of the stinky, dirty disciples' feet, including the feet of Judas Iscariot, who shortly, just a few minutes probably after Jesus would wash his feet, will go out and betray him. You see, Jesus didn't just tell us, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Jesus lived it. Jesus lived a life of service. He was, he was ministering to the poor and, and to the sinners, to the castaways, to the harlots, to the lame people, the blind people, the people that no one else in society wanted anything to do with. Jesus wanted everything to do with them. Does that describe you? Are you ministering to those maybe who can't give anything back to you? I can remember one of the most fulfilling days in my life was when we were able for the first time there in Ethiopia to sponsor a feeding ministry of children. These children come from all different homes, uh, very, very poor homes. And this, this organization called Reaching Beyond Words that we work with, and I love the name, Reaching Beyond Words into Actions, they will help provide some food, some maybe teff grain to make the injera bread, uh, maybe some school supplies for these kids. And on top of that, we're able to teach and preach the Word of God to them. So we've now been able to partner with this group, along with another missionary there, and we're able to feed these children and sponsor this feeding ministry sometimes, and then able to share the gospel. And many of these children have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I'll tell you, it's so fulfilling to be able to give when someone can't give anything back to you. That's what Jesus did. We can never repay him for all he's done for us. And yet, we can give our lives back to him out of our love for him. You know, Amy Carmichael, one of my missionary heroes, a great missionary to India, wrote the book called A Chance to Die, her autobiography. A Chance to Die, interesting title. I hope you'll pick it up if you've never read it. Maybe you have some extra time on your hands and download it maybe online somewhere. But her whole story is the story of her life for over 50 years as she rescued girls from being forced into prostitution in the temples there in India. And one of her most famous quotes, maybe her most famous thing she said was, you can give without love, loving, uh, but you cannot love without giving. And if we love Jesus Christ, we cannot help but serve others and give to others why? Because it's flowing out of our hearts. It's flowing out of our lives. It's what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And we preach Christ through our suffering, but we preach Christ through our service. But then notice with me, thirdly, uh, we preach Christ, as we go down to verse uh, 26 through 28, we preach Christ through our words. We preach Christ through our words. The Apostle Paul says there, verses 26 through 28, he explains, hey, 
something's been made available, made open to us that generations have sought after. What has been made open to the saints? The gospel. We have the gospel, and now in verse 27, we have Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have Jesus Christ inside of us, the Spirit of Christ. He's the hope. This world's not our hope. This world's not our home. We're just passing through. We're heading to our greater hope, to our true home. And as he shares this, he says in verse 28, whom we preach, speaking of Jesus Christ, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, notice what he says, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And so as the Apostle Paul says this, he says we preach Christ through our words. We preach Christ through our words, you know. The world's only going to know who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for them by showing his love, yes, but by also sharing his love. We have to open up our mouths and share the love of Jesus Christ. We had a young girl named Helen, about 13 years old, who started coming to our church at our vacation Bible school there in Ethiopia. She was invited by a couple of our faithful kids there in Ethiopia. And she started coming, heard the gospel for about four months, and she loved our church. But my wife got a burden for Helen, to see Helen come to know Jesus Christ as her Savior. And so my wife began to look for a creative way maybe to be able to really talk to Helen in person. And we're learning the language, but it's a very difficult language. So my wife said, hey, what if I have Hikma, who comes from a Muslim home, who is now saved, and I'm training up to teach the kids class and be a godly Christian, what if I have her come along with Helen, and I share the gospel with Hikma, who can then share it with Helen in her local language, in the national language of Ethiopia, Amharic. And that's exactly what my wife did. On a Saturday, they got together, and Hikma shared uh, in her own language to Helen the gospel. And on that following day, Helen, who comes from an Orthodox home, uh, which are very strongly opposed to what we're doing there in Ethiopia, I said, I talked to my mom, and my mom said, it's my decision, and I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. And we can remember Helen going through the gospel with her again after church that Sunday morning, and Helen bowing her head and praying on her own to trust Jesus as her Savior with tears running down her eyes. And now if you see Helen on any Sunday in our church, as soon as service ends, she's grabbing the broom, she's grabbing the mop, and she just loves serving the Lord, stacking the chairs. And a lot of times we have to kick Helen out of church, not because she's misbehaving, but because it's 30 minutes or an hour after church has ended. And she's still trying to clean. She's still trying to help. And you know what? I'm so thankful my wife had a burden to say, we're going to preach Christ, yes, through our actions. But she had a burden to open her mouth and preach Christ through our words. Who's God leading you to right now? Share maybe through social media, through a message to encourage, to pray for someone. Maybe that lost relative that was closed to the gospel a week ago, is now open to it. Ask God to use you at this time to preach Christ through your words. And then lastly, we, we preach Christ through our work. We preach Christ through our work. Notice what the Apostle Paul says as we close here today. Verse 29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. That word labor there means working to the point of exhaustion. Paul said, I will work to the point of exhaustion, I will labor for Christ because there's coming a day when we will no longer have an opportunity. And these are no doubt uh, end times events. Now, I don't know how soon that means Jesus Christ is coming again, but we have not dealt with anything on this scale in at least 70 or 80 years since World War I, World War II. And you know what? Maybe God is trying to get our attention. I believe he is. And he's told us in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13, some signs of the times, if you would, that we need to get back to him. And in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, of course, that verse, we're told, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven 
and will forgive their sins and heal their land. And I believe God is giving us a wake-up call right now. He's saying, hey, you better get busy because I'm coming. You better reach those lost loved ones, those coworkers, those neighbors, while there's time, because our time is short. Jesus said, work for the night is coming when no man can work. We only have a short time. We don't know how long to reach the world with the gospel. But it's our prayer that each of us will be faithful to preach Jesus Christ wherever he's called us to. In the last few years, we've been through many different things, riots, protests, assassinations in the country, a lot of instability, uh, different uh, things going on with water and electricity not working, and, and uh, many different things breaking, and many different obstacles. But we can say God has opened a door of opportunity before us. And the question is, will we seize the day? Will we take the opportunity God has left us here on earth to do, and that is to get the gospel out to the world? I just want to challenge you and encourage you again, church family there, uh, here. Thank you so much again for all you've done for our family. But may each of us be faithful to preach Jesus Christ while there's time. May we preach Christ just as the Apostle Paul, who at the end of his life said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. May we keep that before us in these changing times and keep our trust in an unchanging God who will never fail us. Thank you so much. God bless you all. And thank you for allowing me to share this devotion with you.